Hello, hello. Welcome to Good Behavior Podcast. I'm Brian Hall, and today's featured guest is Andras Bacorny. Andras is a songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer. He came up somewhere between the industrial heart and garden fringes of New Jersey. That's from an old bio of his. I always found that line very poetic. He went to high school in Pennsylvania, higher ed in Vermont, moved to New York City, where he's lived ever since. He's changed apartments a few times, but spent the better part of the decade in Bushwick. That's in Brooklyn, for those of us non-New Yorkers. And he's made five albums, essentially by himself. Except for a few guest appearances from other musicians, he's singing, playing all the instruments, recording, mixing, mastering. Five albums already, and they're all fantastic. And they're all quite different from one another. Not like in a random, all-over-the-place, genre-hopping-with-no-real-identity kind of way, but more like his evolving methods, interests, experiences, and experimental impulses have led him to create five distinct albums, each with its own unique character. There's High July, with sort of a folky, bluesy, jammy bent. City sounds, instrumental built mostly around layers of guitars. There's seasonal appetites, which I'll call bedroom electro pop. There's The Loops, a head-nod-inducing, hip-hop-influenced but not quite hip-hop collection of live instrument beats. And there's The Dividends, a trippy, hi-fi, experimental indie electronic album. I'm excited for us because we're going to listen to some of each of these albums and talk about them with Andrash. In chronological order, starting with High July. this in your grandmother's apartment she was out of town traveling the world for like a year or something crazy 
And I, I, um, I was bouncing around apartments, and then I had the opportunity to just kind of stay in that apartment at the time. And then I, like, completely... I put the bedroom in the living room, and I set the bedroom up as, like, a little recording area. And so you fucked your shit up? Yeah, totally. I totally turned Did it she come back, and, and was she like... I took pictures so that I could put everything back. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, uh, I did a pretty convincing job of... Returning it to order, okay. but it was it was great. I mean, it was wild. Everything was piled in the living room, and and I had the I had the drum kit on box on the box springs on the floor, and I had a large like plank of wood, <laughs> like a, a sheet of wood, at, serving as the sort of stage for the drum kit, and then yeah, I had my computer set up back there, and then I recorded that in the span of a few months in the summer, I believe. You can imagine this, right? Turning his grandma's apartment into a makeshift studio while she's on vacation by taking over a room and stacking all of her things in an adjoining room, setting up a drum kit on a box spring with a piece of plywood. This album has a lo-fi charm about it, and the environment is certainly a contributing factor. Now, do you play pretty much everything on there? This violin. Yes. So for that one, uh, I was lucky enough to have uh, like a friend who... I don't even remember how I met him. I think through some Hungarian cultural activity that my family wrote me into and he uh he uh he was he, i think he was actually no i remember he was performing at a hungarian cultural activity that my family wrote me into and then we got to talking he lived in the city and uh we played music together a few times the violinist who plays on three of the tracks his name is lehel uivari Like most of Andras's works, putting High July in a box isn't easy to do. It's almost like a pop album, but it's like folk pop or garage pop or garage folk. How do you describe it? When people ask me to describe this album, I think I say the words that you just said. They say it's kind of folky with sort of pop and garage elements. There's a lot of improvisation. Sometimes I mention that if people are still interested to hear more words. Um, <laughs> I checked out after three words. <laughs> exactly. Usually it's three, three or four, and then they've had enough. you got to get them within that that number. Um, I, it's, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because I wasn't thinking about it like that. found there's an element of unpredictability that pervades this album, and Andras explains that a lot of it is being driven by improvisation. Music writing is born of the improvisational moment. As much as you can hammer away at a song, I really think that any kind of music that you make, you have to have at least a moment where it's, like, it's coming out of somewhere that's like kind of unplanned. nowhere. Yeah. You're right. The improvisatory nature of High July results in some wonderfully quirky moments that really couldn't have been composed. There are some notes that rub, some rhythms that fall apart and come together. It's all a beautiful dance of tension and release, controlled chaos. There are even some moments where it almost seems like things are about to spin out of control, but it never does. Andras explains it like this. If the, if the guitar were going to do a dissonant sort of thing that pulled the mood into this strange chaotic character that's what it was going to do and 
that 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 was really as thought out as it was. Another reason for its ramshackle feel. I would say like the rhythm fluctuates. Did you record to a click? No. None of this is to a click. No, no. That, like, I didn't know about that. All right, let me explain. And to all you musicians, bear with me. I have to assume not everybody knows what this means. A lot of songs, certainly not all, but a lot, are recorded at a specific tempo by setting a metronome or click track to a certain BPM, or beats per minute. Back then, Andras didn't know or particularly care about any of this. And thank God, because High July is a gem. It has character. And this quirky, lo-fi, folky, jammy thing that's happening would not be what it is if not for the recording techniques that Andras used. And didn't use. The only... The only influence that the computer had on this recording was that it was basically used as the tape. <laughs> the computer it. captured. That's it. That such an amazing album can be made in this way is only unsurprising because when you listen to it, you realize it's the only way this album could have been made. Okay, before we move on, I wanted a little story behind one of the songs, and the opening track is a song called Lucky Day. It goes like this. people I'd been hanging out with and one of these people was not the best influence uh, told me about the particular uh, uh, he gave me a clonopin and I, I had never experienced that and I didn't know that it's not exactly fun it has its use I guess at its particular times but I was going out and drinking that was my goal go out have fun Saturday night and I went out and um, I had ingested this this thing and I had been drinking and I had been having a great time I had been saying all the right things people were laughing people wanted to talk to me and this uh, young woman this uh, sort of this punk chick and I were getting along just fine we we're having a good conversation and then I forgot everything else until the moment I woke up. I didn't wake up. I sort of regained regained my yeah. my senses, and I was um, singing songs for her <laughs> in in the apartment. This is the most cliche, like cheesy kind of thing. Insert PSA about mixing clonopins with alcohol here. There was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of not knowing what was going on. Mm which I found a little startling. It was nice that it worked out so well, which yeah. is a lucky day. You were lucky because it could have gone. You know, really the song is about the blackout. <laughs> I must have said all the right things. I don't know, because I wasn't there. Right. I wasn't with it. But I must have, because everything worked out. 
Andras released High July on Good Behavior Records on a limited number of blue cassettes in the summer of 2014, which timing-wise was well after its actual creation, but it was exciting to officially release it to the world. Ali Mason, that for folk's sake, called it chaotic, tuneful, and very, very catchy. Joshua Pickard of the Tape Deck described it as catchy and melodic with a DIY aesthetic. He says it's memorable, arresting, and capable of holding your attention. We think these are both very apt descriptions. Next, City Sounds. City Sounds is an instrumental album. It was actually recorded in the same apartment, but at a different time, with a slightly different setup. This song is called Tech Kid. I remember it, it was written when my grandmother was around, and I was either visiting her, or I happened to be there with her, and I was playing the guitar while she was ranting about something horrible. And I remember thinking, like, you know, I think Lucas, but I remember that was the actual story, is that, that she was having some crisis of, you know, something horrible was happening, she was being insane. And I picked up the guitar, and I was like, just calm down. And so you're playing Tech Kid? I started playing... I remember it very clearly, and, and I remember it got her attention. That's why I remembered it. Uh, it's one electric guitar, one classical guitar, one acoustic guitar, and there might be... Acoustic, like, steel string. One steel string, And yes. one classical, and like, nylon string. There's a nylon string, yes, a cheap nylon, a classical nylon string guitar, cheap, like, my first guitar, like, a $200 Epiphone starter guitar that I had, like, installed my pickups in. I bought some nice pickups for it, and I did some sort of custom hackery to make it sound a little bit better, mm -hmm. but that's it. Um, I think they were, through amps, I have some pedals for the guitar, so the electric guitar has a variety of different tones and qualities mm -hmm. uh, because of the pedals, the pickups, and then the amp use. I had different amps that I was playing with. Not particularly good amps, but it still gave a variety of tone, tonal range. One of my favorite tracks on this album is Terrytown Theater. Swelling, humming sounds. I remember those were all just sort of distorted guitar, more guitar. Mm -hmm. with all guitars, but I remember being really excited that they sounded like horns almost. That song always felt so cinematic to me, like it belonged in a really important scene of a movie. While we're hitting highlights, here's a clip from The Birds Chirp For You.
That full song is barely over a minute long. I love that slide guitar melody. Alright, moving right along. Album 3 is Seasonal Appetites, and stylistically, it marks a little bit more of a departure from the previous two. I was in a completely new neighborhood. I was living in a new apartment. I had new toys. <laughs> I had new equipment. I had uh, new experiences in my life. I had this keyboard uh, I had borrowed from a friend, and it had all these like pre-programmed beats in it. And I was really excited to run those beats through my pedals. <laughs> Is that really how the beat? The, those are pre-programmed beats to run through pedals. Yeah, like some '90s Yamaha keyboard that has these like pre-programmed like bossa beats A and B, and then various yeah. sounds. So anyway, I was exploring this keyboard, which was a new thing for me, and I also I also wanted to do more rhythmic things, and I found that you could overlay certain pre-programmed beats over other beats. And you could achieve some pretty funky syncopated things if you had like rock beat A and pop beat alternate B at the same tempo at like you know 90, mm -hmm. you could get some pretty uh, cool effects and then you could drop them out. And then there were these like intro and fill options that I was playing with too. So I was trying to execute it like as a song, I wasn't editing yet at this point. So this album is more keyboard-centric, and the beats are now electronic rather than a live drum set, although they're still being manipulated like a live instrument, rather than being programmed, which I think is super cool. Another common thread throughout this album would be the affected vocals. Andros explains he uses a combination of distortion, and he's playing around at certain moments with the pitch correction tool within Logic. It almost sounds like a vocoder at times. Alright, here's a more mellow one. It's called Keys Phone Wallet. Tribeca. I went to Tribeca to party with some people and we were partying in a bar and the bar had cleared all the tables out. It's like a restaurant. We were having a time and I left my keys in the jacket and I left the jacket on the ground and somebody had... <laughs> These are literally the lyrics of it. <laughs> literally, somebody had taken my jacket thinking it was their jacket and I remember that the mystery became crazy because the guy took the jacket, he knew that he had the wrong jacket at like a really uh, convenient point in the story. Like he could have turned around and just left the, the jacket at the bar, but he decided to take ownership of this new jacket that wasn't his and then contact me. Somehow I had left another identifying thing in my pocket and he knew who I was, so he called me and basically I had to go to LaGuardia Airport where he was studying to be like an airport airplane engineer and get it. But I had to go on this whole ordeal to get it back, even though he could have solved it very... Just by leaving it at the bar. He could have just left it at the bar. He already knew, I think, like outside the bar that it wasn't his. Maybe he was drunk. I didn't push him on it. I was just yeah. like, I'm glad I... 
The opening track on this album is called Sheriff in Town, which Andras tells me, well, listen. Tell me about the Sheriff in Town. That was the one that was recorded on a keyboard I found in the trash on the street. I found a keyboard behind the apartment in the trash on the street. It was some sort of a Casio. This was a relatively cheap keyboard. I wish I had more details about it. I had it for a brief period of time. It was missing the middle C, but otherwise it was in perfect working order. And then there was a sound effect on it that was this sort of pad, I believe. It was one of the pad in the pad sections, like a synth pad. And I remember that it reminded me of, it reminded me of Twin Peaks. There's, you know, Twin Peaks has this very particular quality to oh, yeah. the music. The music in Twin Peaks. And it's, made, it's amazing. Amazing. It's very distinct. And I, uh, I was into Twin Peaks at the time for the first time in my life. Around then, really into it. Like I binged through it probably in however fast you could do that before Netflix. We digress about Twin Peaks for a bit, but at some point it occurs to me. <laughs> and so the sheriff in town is, is Cooper. Is in Cop. fact. Well, I, I, I was also I was also thinking of a couple of other things. Uh, it wasn't just Agent Cooper. It was the idea that the idea that sometimes you could find a solution to the problem, or you can invite a solution into your life for any problem. And there's always a problem <laughs> that will stay. And it's the lyric is about the mystery remaining. But the mystery is a very broad sort of catch-all for many things. I don't know. I like the Agent Cooper character as a vehicle for a whole bunch of situations in life where you want something to come and solve, fix, solve the day and you even get a new face to come and do it. And it just turns out that there's a whole other set of mysteries that just pop up. from this album before we move on. Kids in the Yard. Kids in the Yard is about being in Hungary with my, with my, god, my goddaughters. I have one goddaughter and there's triplets. And then it was, it was kind of about how uh, politics are fucked up. I don't know. I remember being there and thinking like, geez, you know, this whole conservative liberal thing happens everywhere. And it's, it's about the, the chorus is divided times. Where do you let your head run off to? And it's kind of about how we're all tr- treat each other like children from the political discourse. I, I know very little about Hungar- Hungarian politics. It's very similar to here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, they have a, a toddler in charge? Yeah, yeah, he wants to build a wall. And he's already built a wall. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, he built a wall to keep out the Muslims. And because the, the sort of nationalist, poor country folk wanted it, and the city folk are all like, oh, 
That <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. But they started nearly this, similar. Then they were they they were doing the whole like Brexit thing before Brexit. They were all like, we got to get out of the EU. They're buddying up with Putin. They're doing the whole like they have an oligarchy there. They have like a little crew of literally high school buddies who run the country. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like a little microcosm for the whole fucked up nationalist resurgence. Wow. They're big fans of Trump. Yeah. Yeah, Orban. The guy's name is Victor Orban. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the politics. It wasn't my intent. But my feelings about Donald Trump may have just bled onto the podcast, and it only took three episodes. I fear I may have just lost 62 million listeners who voted for him. Hopefully the 65 million who voted for Hillary Clinton, and millions who didn't vote for either of them, will still support my little podcast. Just kidding. I love you all, and we need unity. So back to music. I don't know what can bring people together quite like music. But really, honestly, I had no idea that a song called Kids in the Yard was actually about something much deeper. And I had no clue that's where that conversation was going to go. But it was too insightful not to include. All right, next. We're at album four now. The Loops. I fucking love this album because, listen... And there's this. And this. this. I could do this 18 times. The Loops is a remarkable 18-track collection of slow to mid-tempo grooves. These are more or less analog beats. It's a truly set-it-and-forget-it listen, enjoyable front-to-back, great for every occasion. It's built around these rhythmic nuggets that move from one to the next with perfect pacing, inviting along the way a multitude of themes and melodies that are striking in their simplicity and power. These 18 tracks are an average of two minutes each, and each one really packs a punch. Here's Andras talking about the loops. Finally, I had set up the, the studio after some rearranging for probably like a year of rearranging. I set up the studio in the um, bedroom. Now, in hindsight, I did that because I was living with the ghost of a dead junkie. Mm-hmm. This came to light many years later. When I first had my setup, right at the corner of my eye, I could see the entrance hallway, and there was constantly something bothering my peripheral vision, to the point that I spent a year rearranging so that I would stop looking to my right. And then years later, one of the neighbors told me that in the apartment that I lived in, two dudes died of overdoses. Uh, Just in my apartment, in the building itself, there were several overdose deaths over the course of a decade. 
And I realized, oh my God, this was probably the dead junkie coming in and going out, you know, like constantly going to get his fix or whatever. Anyway, um, I moved the studio into the bedroom and a friend gave me Jay Dilla's Donuts album. And that album is amazing. Was amazing. Is amazing. And I listened to it very frequently. Um, and I loved the idea. I loved that the songs were a minute and a half. I loved that they were just full of ideas. Each minute and a half was full of ideas. I loved that it was just a really. There was so much happening in such little space almost. And uh, I was also listening to a lot of sort of. <laughs> Like hip hop, I was in Brooklyn. There was a lot of urban. It was an urban scene. A lot of the stuff that would start happening in the summer were beats. I would hear beats. I would hear stuff I'd never heard just driving by, in apartments, parties. It was great. It was all new stuff, and it was uh, inspiring. So I really wanted to do something that was new for me, which was to get into the part of the computer program where you, where you set a loop. And then you can record within a loop and arrange layers, kind of like a looping pedal or like a, a looping device, but you could do it with the computer. The Loops has been my go-to album this summer. Anytime I'm entertaining and don't want to think about whether the people I'm with prefer indie rock, pop, rap, classic rock, jazz, this album buys me 40 minutes of knowing that everybody's happy. Not a single person is going to come up to me during that time and say, hey man, can I put something on? If this sounds like a hard sell, it has nothing to do with the fact that we're releasing this one on good behavior, right now. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but at the time of me recording this, this album comes out officially in three days. Album 5. What? There's still another, you're saying to yourself? Andras is a busy man. Andras's most recent work is The Dividends, and The Dividends is inarguably, from a production standpoint, his best work. I don't necessarily mean to say that it's mainstream. It is, thankfully, soaked in Andras's trademark experimental potion, of course. But it's hi-fi. It's pristine. Like, Andras, the producer, is now, well, let's just say his tools and techniques are much more advanced than when he was setting up drum sets on Rock Springs in his grandmother's apartment. You may have noticed, by the way, that these vocals on the song we're listening to now are not Andra. I collaborated with a singer named Ilan Orr, and Ilana has a great voice, and she wanted to do basically like this silly indie, uh, I forgot how we described it, it was like indie, hipster, laptop, pop kind of stuff. And she heard the beats and she was genuinely interested, but she was also more, she's like a soul folk kind of singer. She believes in the guitar and the voice and none of this computer nonsense. Mm -hmm. But she was excited to come by and sing some of the things that she had written and work on some melodies. And um, there's two that I really like, The Air, which is one that I think she did a really good job on. And that one was released on a compilation album from brand uh, new, Golden Brown. wonderful West Coast label, Golden Brown, right? Yes, yes. That was um, 
quite an honor, actually. That was really uh, an exciting moment. This song, The Air, appeared on Perfectly Toasted Volume 1, the debut mixtape from Golden Brown Records. So this is out. As for the rest of the album, Andras is releasing it in installments. I don't know whether one or two installments will be out by the time of this podcast episode's release. I don't know how many total installments there will be. I'd guess three or four. But I've had the pleasure of listening to all of the tracks, and they really are quite impressive. Here's one more called Messages. drug references in the dividends there's a lot of um, is there a lot of drugs in the life of Andras McCormick off the record no you're on the record no comment <laughs> <laughs> no comment off the record no yeah no comment <laughs> no it's just it's, it's, it happens to be there what is a drug Brian what is a drug that's a good question alcohol food Sure. Uh, love, they say that uh, emotional experiences have the same sort of dopamine they effect. They do that thing to your brain. They and do that lots thing. Of things do things to your brain. Lots of things do things to the you brain. Sometimes your brain does things to itself. That's another thing that the brain does. Both The Loops and The Dividends are coming out under the name Eugene Sounds. This is the brand Andras is launching now publicly for the first time, and he's folding all of his backlog under this name too. So from this point forward, you're going to be on the lookout for Eugene Sounds. I will remind you of this again later too. Now, I don't have a good segue for this next piece of information, but I'm just going to read something straight from Andras' bio page on the Golden Brown website. Long before any formal music education, Andras developed a different approach to guitar playing due to a condition he was born with, resulting in a unique hand structure and missing digits. Andras applied his creativity not only to the tactile aspect of playing, but the ethereal outcome as well, in the tradition of differently abled players like Django Reinhardt and Tony Iommi. When I first made an outline for this episode, I totally forgot about this, and for anyone who knows Andras, I've known him for 19 years, this would be easy to forget. If I were describing Andras, there are a thousand characteristics that would come to mind first. But in focusing on his musical ability, it's very relevant. I mean, picture a kid who, of all the potential interests he could have pursued that would not have in any way been affected by his circumstances, and he decides he wants to play guitar. And so he does. He has to figure out sort of non-traditional ways of playing. So online videos, chord charts, the usual lesson plans. Maybe he can still act as a guide, but there's certainly not anything out there customized for him. And so he teaches himself. And how do you think he did? That tenacity to overcome this challenge to the point where it's just not a challenge anymore, but at one point it must have been. This is just one more way in which a very unique and impressive person is even more unique and impressive. I do like to remind myself and listeners that all people are complex three-dimensional beings. When Andras isn't making original music or running sound at a local venue, what else is he doing? His primary job has been as an ESL instructor, both freelance and for Kaplan specializing in TOEFL, or Test of English as a Foreign Language, a standardized test that measures English language proficiency for non-native speakers, which is widely used by English-speaking academic and professional institutions. Andras is himself bilingual, coming from a Hungarian family but born and raised in the U.S., and he studied linguistics at UVM. So his clients are predominantly international students, and he assists them in a variety of ways. 
In fact, this interview was delayed significantly. Like, I picked him up at the bus station at midnight instead of early afternoon because of a last-minute project that landed on his lap, editing an 80-page doctoral thesis for a Brazilian student. The paper was about how physical motion and phrasing of musical notes are correlated for flutists. I think it's fair to say that Andras does not live in a bubble. He's quite worldly, exposed to many different people and cultures. Not only is he constantly working with international students, for a couple years he was living with people from all over the world while his apartment was listed on Airbnb. We're winding down, but I squeezed in a couple super short anecdotes to help paint the picture and just round out our understanding of Andras's world. Roommates, uh, sometimes for one night, sometimes for five nights, sometimes for two weeks. Yeah, it was uh, for basically two years nonstop. Hundreds, hundreds of guests. Uh, who are some of the more interesting? I've blocked all those memories. Uh, there was a, there was a, a, an Italian family. These uh, teenage sons and the mother and the father came for like two weeks. And hilariously, the teenage sons could speak English and the parents could not. But they were having some sort of a family drama, so the sons refused to translate. And so the mother and the father were forced to try to, like, ask me questions and find out information from me uh-huh. while the teenage sons were, like, sulking in the corner or whatever. Wow. And uh, they were really funny. They were very nice. In the end, we ended up understanding each other fine. Everyone got along well. <laughs> there were a group of Norwegians who came to do, like, a conference. They were presenting something about recording art in a conference. And uh, it was a female singer and then three, three uh, young uh, dudes who were all presenting for this conference, or maybe just participating. And then the, the, the guy who was sort of my age, our age, he was a guitar player, and we were talking about music all night. We just stayed up all night talking about music. And he, he finally ended up showing me his music, and it was, uh, it was interesting. He... Um, he was, it was like an 80s metal, 80s hair metal style uh, band. And he was bad? I was not a particularly big fan of the style of music, but he was really good at doing the, like, the falsetto 80s whale scream. And he, he, all, every song had, like, a hook or a chorus with this really high-pitched falsetto scream, and he was really good at it. Like, he could control it. All right, what note do we end this one on? I'm torn because Andrash has all this exciting new music, but I still haven't played for you my favorite track from his very first album, High July. I decided I'd flip a coin, and I did, but it didn't give me the result I wanted, so then I decided, fuck the coin. I'm selfish, and I'm nostalgic, so I'm going to end this with Sun Fill Me Up. I hope I've given you a balanced sampling of his works and a good idea of his trajectory. If this harkens back to a less sophisticated time, then so be it. There's something about this song that I love, The way such a catchy hook emerges from a collage of unpredictability, it's like a ray of sunshine piercing through a cloud. Here's Sun Fill Me Up.
This has been an episode of Good Behavior Podcast. All of the songs in this podcast, from background music to featured tracks, are by this episode's featured guest, Eugene Sounds. Eugene Sounds, Eugene Sounds. I'm repeating it so you remember it. The name is new. There should be newly launched websites and socials. Links are at goodbehavior.us slash podcast one. I think it's safe to assume at this rate that Andras is going to create a lot more music in the course of his career. So start following now. As always, we encourage you to support artists by sending them virtual hugs and a little bit of money. That never hurts. Until next season, thanks for listening. Well, the sun, it fills me up. Well, I, 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 I.